Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I have no idea why Alvin Bragg is suing Congressman Jim Jordan. You're going to tell the House Judiciary Committee they're not allowed to look into a matter involving legal anything? You indict Donald Trump in a case that everyone thinks you're nuts because legally you are. Ideologically, oh, a lot of people are thrilled. I'm sure that if you were to ask a bunch of people on the left what they think about the indictment of Donald Trump, they would be sexually fulfilled and then get a cigarette. Which is weird because this is probably a group of people that has never fulfilled anybody else in their lives. Oh, did I mention it was going to get rough today? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. That is me, people. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. AJ, our producer today. Hey, make sure that your dump button hand is strong. Who knows how this is all going to go? The indictment, of course, is nonsense. You'll notice how no one's talking about it now. We've moved on to other things. Trump is still running for president. And the whole conversation of Trump doesn't go back to a courtroom until until December. And then the, the trial's in May of 24. During the election, this is, this is pathetic. But then again, so is Alvin Bragg. Then again, so is this lawsuit. Bragg says that you just subpoenaed me and I'm I'm not going to be a part of this because if I follow the subpoena, imminent irreparable harm if the secret and privileged material is compelled to be disclosed. It's an unprecedentedly brazen and unconstitutional attack of an ongoing investigation. That's exactly what we think of the investigation as a whole. You note that Cyrus Vance, who was the former district attorney in Manhattan, didn't go after this case, this hush money to Stormy Daniels. And by the way, stop interviewing Stormy Daniels. Who cares what she thinks? It's a good headline. It's like doing an interview with Alex Jones. What are you doing? People do it. I'm like, all right, uh, clearly I don't understand. It generates a lot of hits. I'm not saying no. I just don't get it. And I, and I accept the fact that because I don't play in certain games, I don't get certain prizes. Stormy Daniels? What question would I have for Stormy Daniels? Except for, um, how much? What other question is there possibly for Stormy Daniels? Who cares what she thinks? Who cares what she has to say? She got paid $130,000 not to share about a relationship she had with Donald Trump, which Donald Trump says never happened, which Stormy Daniels at one time said never happened. Of course it happened. Don't let's not be children, uh, shall we? But nothing about that is illegal. Well, it went through Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen should be illegal. Michael Cohen, a terrible person. But what does that matter? Well, it got categorized as a campaign payment, which means Donald Trump was paying people to stay silent to influence the vote and therefore a violation of New York election laws. It got put into column A when it should have been put into column B. That has happened before, and that is a misdemeanor. 
I don't argue on a personal level whether you think it's acceptable or not. You could think it's reprehensible. You could say, I'm never going to vote for the guy. That's you. You have all the rights and opportunities in the world as far as I'm concerned. But a district attorney, after the prior district attorney said, there's, no, there's nothing for me to, to do here, said, I'm going to make this a felony. That is the unbrazen or the unprecedentedly brazen unprecedentedly brazen there you go tony an unconstitutional attack that's what it is jordan is engaged in a subpoena and the subpoena includes the former assistant district attorney mark pomerantz alvin bragg wants the court to block jordan's subpoena of pomerantz jordan of course, Congressman from Ohio, wants him to sit for a deposition as part of the Judiciary's panel investigation into the indictment. Now, Alvin Bragg is correct about one thing. This is all unprecedented. You charge a former president with a felony. So maybe the rules of engagement are different. And therefore, there is nothing wrong and everything fine with taking a look what it is that's happening here because it sure as hell seems political because oh wait 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 for it it is political this is not about the rule of law this is about nobody's above the law the same people screaming nobody's above the law want joe biden not to pay attention to a court ruling in texas regarding an abortion a medication abortion drug called mifeprestone now I think the judge's ruling is awkward, but the judge said the FDA didn't go through proper procedures in declaring this drug acceptable 20 some odd years ago. So therefore, they have to halt it. But of course, uh, the FDA has time to appeal. Another judge said, no, 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 everything stays the way it is. This goes to the Supreme Court. But when this ruling from this Texas judge went out, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, Senator Ron Wyden, a host of others said, Joe Biden, ignore this ruling. Ignore it. So nobody's above the law until it's something you don't like, and then you can be above the law because this judge and other people, they're not really caring about justice. There's a whole series of those things where people believe that rules are for thee and not for they. Is that right? Rules for thee, not for me, but I'm talking about somebody else, so I call them they. They don't believe that the rules should apply to them. They're the good. They're the decent. They will be... The people who decide, the disseminators of decency, you, you're going to get punched in the face repeatedly. I love this lawsuit. I don't know if it's going to hold. I should say I love the lawsuit. I love the subpoena. I don't love the lawsuit. I love the subpoena. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if they're going to be able to to, um, get their way. But a judge is got. I gotta assume is gonna be hard pressed to tell Congress. Yeah, you you don't have subpoena power here. That's gonna be, you're you're interfering with an investigation. I don't know how that's supposed. I don't know how they're supposed to get away with that one, or, or how they're gonna sell that one. But I'm assuming some judge is going to be sympathetic to the leftist desire. Part of what we're seeing from the political right and the fighting back is the fighting back. And sometimes it's not always perfect, but it has to happen and it has to happen again 
and again and again and again. And you say to me, Tony, this is what leads to the madness. No, the madness is what has led to the madness. This is about getting it to stop. It has to stop. The political left abuses the law, abuses the courts, demands that the court do their bidding, and when the court doesn't, they state, ignore it, and everybody else is supposed to stay silent. Three members of the Tennessee House lead a riot over guns. Two of them get expelled. It should have been all three. Oh, Republicans can't do that. They led a riot. The Democrats led a riot. Yes, you expel them. You certainly take away their committee assignments. Who the hell are they? If somebody on the political right was there, it's all you. Oh, it's January 6th all over again. That's what they would have said about Tennessee. But it's three Democrats, so it's fine. And you expelled the two black members. Well, now we know what you're all about, Republicans. Honestly, I don't know why they didn't expel uh, this this woman, the, the third Democrat. I have no idea. She, she was spared by one vote. Huge mistake. Huge mistake from the Republicans because they clearly didn't have a plan together. They didn't. They didn't have a plan. What they went on was a motion, and a motion is not a way to govern and not a way to move an agenda. Don't get me wrong, a lot gets done with a motion, but you must have a plan. But the the expelling, which, of course, these two members are going to get reinstated, it, it, it seems, based on their districts, you got to at least try. They start a riot or they lead a riot, they're gone. Their uh, constituents want to put them back. Well, their constituents are kind of terrible. I mean, that's just the way it is. You can be somebody, excuse me, you can be somebody who thinks there should be gun rights this and gun rights that and gun rights the other. Or there should be legislation this and legislation on guns that and legislation on the other. But you're okay with a riot? Oh, because your cause is what? Moral and just and, de- just and decent and good and all these things. And therefore, you can, you, can, you can do what you want. Because you are the disseminators of decency. Honestly, that, that's, a, that's a new superhero. Somebody get working on that costume right away. Uh, picture, you know, instead of like an S, like Superman, it's just Ocasio-Cortez giving away your money. Disseminators of decency. Right there. I love this subpoena. This indictment of Trump is insane. And you guys know, Trump ain't necessarily my guy in 2024. I'm not anti-Trump. I'm not never Trump, but I'm not only Trump. Never Trump and only Trump are both are the two most ridiculous concepts. And now it gets interesting because Senator Tim Scott forms this presidential exploratory committee. I will share that with you. This is not the only crazy story. NBC News writing that DeSantis, meaning Governor Ron DeSantis, and RFK Jr., that's Robert F. Kennedy Jr., misconstrue the federal government's digital plans in warning of government overreach. By the way, RFK... Junior is, I think, running for president as a Democrat. I believe he has announced that. We are trying to reach out to him to get him on the show and and talk about a series of these things. What they are opposed to, and there has been a push 
to create a digital currency in the United States. We're not talking about uh, Bitcoin or, or Ethereum or Doge or SHIB or, or, or anything else like that. What we're talking about is a currency, a digital U.S. currency that would replace the dollar. There are people actively discussing this. Of course, I've been opposed to it from the beginning. The Fed is putting out something called the Fed Now Initiative. The theory here is they want to shorten the amount of time it takes for a bank to get funds from other banks. Now, I don't know how much shorter it can be because everything's digitally already. Uh, but, but you know, it's, it, this, this is the, the plan. As NBC writes it separately, it has been exploring the possibility of issuing a digital version of the dollar that households could readily use instead of cash. Florida has already said, nope, we're not doing this. We absolutely positively are not doing this. We are not going to be part of what is known as the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. If you allow your government to have a digital currency, they track every single purchase you make and they decide what purchases you can make. Because if the business wants to sell you the good, but the uh, the chip in your arm won't go through because somebody has said, oh, you purchased too many candy bars this week, you can't buy any more candy bars. You purchased too much ammunition. You can't purchase ammunition. As a matter of fact, why do you have so much ammunition? Hmm, we're going to need to check on you. Can't purchase another firearm. Can't purchase this. Can't get that. No, no, no. You already have two cars. You don't get to buy a third car. Oh, it's an electric car. Okay, you get to buy that car. We're not going to agree to disagree. I've had many a person of a younger generation say to me, what's the big deal? They know what you're buying. I'm not buying anything wrong. I'd put a chip in my arm. You're clearly out of your heads. I mean, it's an ignorance position. You should be ashamed of yourself. What I'm going to ask you to do is stop doing it. The central bank digital currency idea is one of radicalness. It is one that should scare you. And it should be a reason to vote people out of office everywhere. I would clear out, if I was president, I would clear out the Treasury Department literally to the person. Gone. I would also do the same thing with the vast majority of state. Oh, the FBI would be completely overhauled. Not only would I overhaul the FBI, I would sanitize the entire building. I would bring in people who, you know the smudging that they do? I, every single office. Except for the offices where James Comey was, that, that building I would just tear down and I would rebuild. You can't be okay with this digital currency idea. And so the idea that NBC writes that DeSantis and RFK Jr. are misconstruing it, no. No, 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 no. Anything involving a digital currency should not be allowed in the United States. We absolutely should not allow it. If we need legislation to prevent it, we should do it. It's bad enough that we have businesses that say we only take credit cards. When, a, when cash, I'm, I'm, I'm staring at it right here. I'm a guy who still carries cash. Oh, here it is. Where, where does it say? This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. So as far as I'm concerned, you have to take this. You have to take this. 
You don't have to take credit cards, but I assume you have to take cash. Well, it's the business. They can decide. Well, maybe not. That's an interesting conversation. One I'd be willing to have. I, I could be swayed. But anybody who thinks that this should be digital and there should be tracking of what it is I purchase, if you think it's creepy that Facebook knows how to serve you ads based on the conversation you just had 40 minutes ago with your mom, well, then imagine what happens when they actually know everything you're buying. Two stories of madness. I agree with Jim Jordan. I agree with Ron DeSantis and RFK Jr. The subpoena is the right move because Alvin Bragg is making a horrifically political move that harms the legal system. Digital currency harms our society. I'm Tony Katz. Well, now, so you have a problem. You got this crazy world is blowing up and the United States has absolutely no say. And Macron, who's a friend of mine, is over with China kissing his ass. Okay, in China. I said, France is now going to China. Uh, You take a look at Saudi Arabia. Look at what happened. They're great people. They wanted to help us. He goes over and gets a fist pump. You know what a fist pump means? Don't shake my hand because your hand's dirty. That's what a fist pump is. They got it. They were so insulted. Do you understand that? Yes. Oh, I don't want to shake your hand. Let's go fist pump. Well, fist pump could also mean that, you know, I am a total freak. And I will admit, I still fist bump people. But Donald Trump's making a much different statement here. And the statement he's making is that you have to understand things culturally. As we saw going back to Barack Obama when he did the apology tour, traveling to Egypt and other places, apologizing for U.S. aggression, this, that, and the other, uh, some people in the United States would see that as humility. In other cultures, it would be seen as just straight-out weakness. But this is not the first conversation we've engaged. We've spoken with uh, retired uh, Army Major Mike Lyons. We have spoken with uh, former... um, Dick, uh, former national security guy, uh, defense guy with uh, former Vice President Dick Cheney, uh, Steve Yates, we spoke with. Macron's visit to China is having huge fallout because Macron did more than just say, you know, Europe should worry about Europe and that's it. What he stated is we're going to engage neutrality here regarding China, regarding their aggression. What kind of what kind of ally is that? You're not going to stand up to China's human rights abuses. I thought human rights was a thing. You're not going to say, "Hey, uh, you you have to uh, stop uh, threatening Taiwan." You're gonna go in there, Neville Chamberlain style. Trump's right. That was just part of his conversation uh, with with Tucker Carlson. But Trump is is absolutely positively right. What Macron did, real issue. And the question that he's really getting to is, is Macron acting like this and others acting like this because of the total lack of leadership? Making the argument for why he should be president because when he was president, everybody understood the pecking order. 
For Trump, it's his strongest argument. Now Trump has to contend with Senator Tim Scott. That story's up next. I'm Tony Katz. So Senator Tim Scott, he has formed an exploratory committee. I'm asking the question out loud, who is the Tim Scott voter? That's not a knock on the senator from South Carolina. Far from it. I like the senator from South Carolina quite a bit. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything TonyKatz.Locals.com. The phone number. I want to hear your thoughts. 833 Got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. 833-GOT-TONY. Let me share with you his announcement. Because his announcement is incredibly well done. Like, superb. Like, exactly what you would want. And if you were a, a candidate, you're paying attention. Not Trump. Trump doesn't, he isn't paying attention to anything except except Trump. I don't say that in, in a negative way. I say that as a matter of absolute fact. That he's not going to be concerned. He's not going to change his methodology one bit. But maybe if you're DeSantis, you would change. If you're Nikki Haley, you're certainly going to change. Let me break this down for you. Let's hear it from Senator Tim Scott himself. On this day, April 12, 1861, in this harbor, the first shots of the Civil War were fired. And our country faced the defining moment. Would we truly be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. America's soul was put to the test, and we prevail. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, our divisions run deep, and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility. And they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us, to hold on to their power. When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop a token, because I disrupt their narrative. I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies. Damn, that's good. Hold on a second. I didn't ask you whether or not you were with Trump or you were with Biden, if you're left or the right. Can we take a moment, step back, be uh, observers. It's you, me, a bourbon and the bar stool. That's good. I actually think the music needs to come down a little bit on it. That is strong. This is what the left is doing. And this is what they tried to do to me. 
and here's why they tried to do it to me, and you don't have to, you do not have to buy into it. Solid. Solid and good and connects. More from Senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott. See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver. But we had faith. We put in the work, and we had an unwavering belief that we, too, could live the American dream. I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. That's why it pains my soul to see the Biden liberals attacking every rung of the ladder that helped me climb. If the radical left gets their way, millions more families will be trapped in failing schools, crime-ridden neighborhoods, and crushing inflation. Not on my watch. He's hitting, I think, very well. Uh, These points, and remember, this is a message you get to work on and work on. You only have one chance at this. And if you're watching the video, um, I forget the name of the fort that he's at. Uh, There are cannons in the background. So he's sharing this idea of fighting for freedom, fighting for the better future, fighting for the better tomorrow. And this is the nation that makes the better tomorrows possible, as he tells his own personal story, a story that others on the left will tell him isn't real for this next generation. Somehow he, as a black man, it was available for, but he got lucky, right? He doesn't understand the black experience. That's what he's going to get told. Oh, oh, the bigotry of the left is just something else. Did you hear this story? It uh, is somebody tweeted this out uh, that if, if you want to have gun control, if you want to have gun control, the thing to do is to get more black people to buy guns and therefore we'll get gun control because everybody will be so scared. What? Who? Why? Holy racist. Oh, I have to play it? It calls. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize my mistake. I, I didn't realize that I would have to, I would have to play it. But, you know, I, I do what I'm told. Holy, holy racist of a thing. I can't even find it. You think, you think that black people buying guns scares white people and therefore uh, they'll push for gun control? That's pretty freaking gross that's um you're a little bit racist well you're a little bit too damn but you know they're gonna come after uh, uh tim scott with everything in them that somehow his experience isn't uh the, the the real experience and he's not really black and he didn't really live a black experience and he doesn't understand and That's what they're going to say. That's what they're going to say. The question is, does the message connect? I think that the message is absolutely uplifting. Look, I had it tough. Look, I made it. Yeah, you can make it too. 
This is the country that can allow us to do it if we don't allow the people on the political left to further control our lives. So there is an uplift and there is a message, a call to action. This is personal to me. I will never back down in defense of the conservative values that make America exceptional. And that's why I'm announcing my exploratory committee for president of the United States. I will defend the Judeo-Christian foundation our nation is built on and protect our religious liberty. I will stand up to communist China and restore opportunities for hardworking Americans to thrive and prosper. I will fight to give every parent a choice in education so their children have a better chance in life. I will defend our borders and our neighborhood streets, and I will protect our most fundamental right, the right to life itself. I bear witness that America can do for anyone what she's done for me. But we must rise up to the challenges of our time. This is a fight we must win. And that will take faith. Faith in God, faith in each other, and faith in America. God bless our United States of America, and God bless you. That's his tagline, by the way, faith in America. I'm sorry, it's a good ad. It's good. It's well done. It's well put together. And and so now I, I started with a question, and I'm, I'm asking, because I do not know what box he checks. What is or who is the Tim Scott voter? So break down what we've got. Do, do this with me. I've been, I've been trying to do this all day, and, and, and here, here's how I kind of operate. I understand who the Trump voter is. The Trump voter is a believer. The Trump voter is somebody who absolutely believes in the concept of America first. The Trump voter is a vocal fighter. Now, the Trump supporter is also somebody who will not listen to another point of view. If you tell me Trump's a fighter, I'll tell you that's true. If you tell me Trump drained the swamp, I'll laugh in your face. Trump kept Fauci. We're done talking. Trump didn't hire good people. He hired a lot of yutzes. These are facts. You want to fight me on it? You can. You'd be wrong. But as we were discussing Trump earlier when he was talking about uh, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, and how he was kowtowing to, to China, you, you, you recognize that one of Trump's strengths is to say, when I was president, these people didn't act all crazy. Everybody got in line. We forced NATO to pay. He does have a story to tell, and it is a story about strength. So uh, I get who, who's going for Trump. The Ron DeSantis supporter I get. They are not as rigid as the Trump supporter, but they base it on the same theory. I want all the fight of Trump I just don't want the crazy because that guy can't win a general election. Don't tell me about how they cheered for him in Miami at the UFC fight. Don't tell me how they cheer at Mar-a-Lago. What I'm telling you is this guy can't win a general election because everybody is exhausted by him and they don't want to put up with it. They don't want to hear any more of this. Well, it was a horrible thing because I did nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. You look at even the pundits and the legal analysis, Greg Jarrett, all of these really talented people, they're saying he didn't do anything wrong. So that's number one. Number two, 
They were incredible. When I went to the courthouse, which is also a prison, in a sense, uh, they signed me in. And I'll tell you, people were crying. People that work there, professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody. It's tough, tough place. And they were crying. They were actually crying. They said, I'm sorry. Uh, they'd say 2024, sir, 2024. Now, do am I to believe that people were crying at the courthouse as Trump is being arraigned? No, I don't. But I'm sure there there were some people like 2024, you know, little finger guns. Pew, pew, absolutely. Do I believe that Trump wins a general election? I have issues with it. I am not yet convinced. Not convinced. The DeSantis supporter says he cannot win a general. DeSantis can. All of the fight and provable as the executive of Florida. It doesn't matter what Trump hits him on about Florida. Oh, he wouldn't have been governor without me. Oh, he was doing so poorly until he had my support. That part doesn't matter. Who gives a crap? He got the gig and now what's he doing with it? Crushing. That's what he's doing. He's crushing. Can't be denied. And the people who have started denying, oh, it's not so tough being the governor of Florida. Oh, he, he wasn't really good at this. Oh, uh, DeSantis should be more loyal. It's pathetic. So DeSantis has this different group. Holly on Twitter saying that she is a Trump supporter, America First supporter, and will listen to and consider another person's point of view. I'm saying that you won't be swayed from Trump. The question will be to you, Holly, and to others. Let's say Trump doesn't get the nomination. Will you vote for who does? Will you vote for Ron DeSantis or will you vote for Tim Scott? So I know who the Trump voter is, and I know who the, uh, the, the DeSantis voter is. The Nikki Haley voter is a much smaller group of people. The Nikki Haley voter is the person who says, you know what? I want conservative principles, but I don't need all the histrionics. You don't have to be a tough guy for me. Just go out there and do good work. It's a smaller group. And I assume that there's an attraction there uh, with the suburban soccer mom and, and others. She's going to be able to talk about things in a way that other people can't talk about, get away with certain conversations that, for whatever reason, other people uh, can't get, get, you know, get away with. There is not a large swath of people for Nikki Haley. Her path to victory is mighty small. It is. It's a mighty small path to victory. You would need DeSantis and Trump, if DeSantis gets into this race, to really both engage a level of implosion or exhaustion that the party just says, you know what, we've got enough of this side, these guys split the ticket, we've got enough over here, enough over here, and she starts collecting primary victories. I honestly don't see where she does. She doesn't get New Hampshire, she doesn't get Iowa. Let me, let me, be, uh, let me rephrase. She doesn't get Iowa, there's no way. The New Hampshire voters kind of interesting, but I still say no way. Well, she's the former governor of South Carolina. She still engages in popularity in South Carolina. Could she win South Carolina, which would be a great setup to other things? Not with Tim Scott in the mix. 
Who is the Tim Scott voter? Suburban soccer mom? Somebody who wants the principles but without the, 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 the rough and tumble? You mean the Trump supporter who doesn't believe DeSantis has what it takes is like, oh, no, Tim Scott, that's my guy. I don't know who that voter is. I can do the other three. I don't know who the Tim Scott voter is. Which now leads me to the question of, okay, I don't have to figure that out. Tim Scott has to figure that out. So now comes the question. What does Tim Scott have to do to show you who the Tim Scott voter is and ask you whether or not you're one of them? That is not an anti-Tim Scott question. I think that's the question. What does he have to do? What is he going to do? Was this announcement enough? No. Is this announcement good? Yes. Yes, it is. This is Tony Katz today. Uh, thank you to Kathy. I don't know why I didn't put that together. I should have known that answer. I was talking to Tim Scott in the video he put out announcing his exploratory run for, for president. And he's at a fort and he's, he's doing this in front of cannons. I didn't know the fort. I'm like, How could I not know the fort? It's Fort Sumter. The Battle of Fort Sumter, April 12th to the 13th, 1861, was the bombardment of Fort Sumter near Charleston, South Carolina. It ended with the surrender of the U.S. Army, beginning the American Civil War. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing that little bit. We now know more. And as you know, it is indeed always the more you know. That's always the way it is. Yeah, I've got it. See? There you go. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything. TonyKatz.locals.com.